How to know when it's time to walk away and to close the door. When you ask big, when you say you want your soulmate, you want somebody who chooses you, who values you, who pursues you, who loves you, appreciates you, somebody who is stable, consistent, reliable, loyal. Don't be surprised when a test comes in. When there is somebody so close or somebody you feel so good about, maybe you're in a relationship now and there are parts of this relationship you really like, and maybe the beginning they were stable, reliable, dependable, choosing you, all of those things that I just listed off, but they're not that way anymore. And you've given it a lot of time and you've been patient, you've been compassionate, you've been understanding, but they're not going back to how they were in the beginning or how you hoped they would be. This is where you're going to be in the question of, is it time to walk away? Is it time to close the door? I'm going to present you with some questions so that you can make your own empowered decision. Do you want somebody who's choosing you? Is this person choosing you? Do you want somebody who wants a committed relationship or marriage? Does this person say that they are headed towards the direction of a committed relationship or do they not know what they want? How many times have you tried to make this relationship work? Do you always reach back out to this person and try to make it work or are they the ones reaching back out trying to make it work? Does this person take you out or want to go out with you? Is that something you want, but it's not happening and you're being patient, waiting for it to happen? Because in the beginning, they took me out all the time. Sometimes we're looking for these massive signs and we want God to just shout it to us. Get out of this relationship. This isn't right for you. But what I've noticed is that there's a subtlety from our higher power. And especially if you're somebody like me who asks big. The answer is in the answer to those questions. You might be asking for clear and obvious. Well, clear and obvious is, are you saying you want somebody who's choosing you, yet you're staying with somebody that's not choosing you? Are you saying you want somebody who's dependable, somebody pursuing you, takes you out, you feel at home with, they want a relationship? Well, is that person that you're so attracted to and you feel like the one, they're the one, are they doing that? That, my friends, is the clear and obvious. It's hard and it's painful, especially when you've seen what they're capable of. Trust me, I know. <laughs> it's hard. You're praying, you're asking for signs, synchronicities, and you maybe just really do feel at home with this person and you're really attracted to them and you're not attracted to other people who are really good to you and do take you out. I went through all of that too. I would be with men who would treat me like a queen and choose me and pursue me and desire me and be reliable and constant and consistent, and I was not attracted to them. And it's not bad, it's not wrong, but 
it also can show you that all of that is possible. But when we step into abundance, if you've done my free training, you'll see one of the main reasons I talk deep into that. So if you haven't, go ahead and watch that of why we attract narcissists and other unhealthy relationships. A core theme is that we're operating out of lack and scarcity. When we want to attract our soulmate and other healthy relationships, we have to step into abundance more than enough. If it's not this person, it's the next person. If it's not the next person, it's the next. Plenty. We hold on to narcissistic relationships and try to make it work out of scarcity. We feel like, oh my God, well, I haven't ever been this attracted to somebody. So even though they don't choose me and they don't pursue me and they don't take me out and sometimes they lie to me or sometimes they ghost me and then they come back after three days, five days, two weeks. But I'm really attracted to them. We talk ourselves into making it work with this one person because we're in scarcity. We're not trusting and believing in our true desire. And so to conclude on all of this, if you are praying for big, big love, whatever that looks like to you, it will be no surprise to me that tests will be presented to you. What I would be doing is asking myself these powerful questions. Am I declaring and putting it out there that, for example, I want somebody who chooses me and pursues me and loves me and wants a relationship and we feel at home together and we're both so mutually attracted to each other and we only have eyes for each other? I would say, okay, that's what I want. That's what I'm putting out there. And then say I'm in a, I was in a situationship or a relationship. I would be asking myself or say I'm dating. Am I being chosen? Am I being pursued? Do I feel at home? Are we both mutually attracted and choosing each other? Is this person consistent and reliable? And that, my friend, that's where your answers lie. What I've noticed within myself and within a lot of my clients is that when they're operating out of scarcity and lack, they will talk themselves into justifying the other person's behavior. And somewhere along the lines, they make it their fault of why that person's behavior is that way. For example, I had one where their brother had passed away. And so for a year, he just was not ready. And I was very compassionate and patient and understanding but until what point, right? You can be, I had to learn to be compassionate and understanding and not make that person wrong. But I had to be honest with myself that even though he went through something really horrible and was going through a hard time, that if I'm desiring a committed relationship and something serious, then he's just not a match. He just wasn't a match. And that's not bad and that's not wrong. And it didn't mean I'm not good enough or I'm not worth it or I couldn't make him step into his joy and his happiness after all of his grief and his despair. It was just, I'm contradicting myself. I say I want a relationship, yet I'm holding on to wanting someone to get back to how it was in the beginning. And they're not there. And so I've had to learn to let people be where they're at and not make it wrong or bad. How many times have you forced a relationship or wanted somebody to text you back or wanted someone to ask you out and maybe you gave an ultimatum or you threatened to leave and then they they made that decision and they chose you, they asked you out, they stayed with you. Did that relationship end well? 
I look back at my relationships where I felt like the guy was not asking me to be his girlfriend soon enough. And then that was a disaster relationship. And if I was honest with myself, I was not even fully attracted to the person. That's been my inventory. When you look at in the coming home program, the homeschool, step three is your inventory. You have to see your patterning and where it's been your fault. And not in a bad way, but in a way to empower you to take ownership of these patterns that keep repeating in your life. So for me, it was giving ultimatums and it was rushing them into wanting to ask me out. I felt they were not asking me out soon enough. All of those relationships where I forced and I controlled were nightmares, absolute nightmares. <laughs> they were so bad. <laughs> and so now... I've had enough wisdom and lessons and discernment to never, I had to learn to never force anyone into making a decision to be with me. And if somebody's not there, I had to really learn to not make them wrong. That was one of my biggest lessons and my biggest karma in this lifetime, I believe, is that I get to love and accept people for where they're at and not internalize it and step into insecurity and inadequacy thinking, I'm not pretty enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not cool enough or how can he not see me? How can he not choose me? I had to let go of that story because what what was happening was they were just mirroring back my own insecurities, which are never true. They are all just lies. But if I'm holding on to a belief, then that's what I'm going to be reflected back with. That's why I had to go clean up my insecurities and my inadequacy and know that I am enough. I'm more than enough. I get to then stop attracting in people who just keep reflecting back my own lie, my own story. That's why it always starts with you feeling at home within yourself, knowing that you are chosen, you are worthy, you are lovable. And then when tests come, you pass them by letting people go and having compassion for them and loving them from afar and not making them wrong, but not continuing to hold on and entertaining them and giving access to you and waiting all day long for them to step back up or go back to how they were in the beginning. So that's how you're going to know when to walk away or when to close the door. Are you contradicting your desires of what it is you keep saying you're wanting? You're presented with a relationship where they aren't those true core desires and values and you're holding on for dear life and you're justing, justifying them and talking yourself into them. Those are the signs, my friend. And I know it doesn't seem so clear and so obvious always because it's not so loud and in your face. It's in the subtleties. And so another thing I learned from my patterning when I would force the guy to ask me out or I would just keep being, you know, passive aggressive about it. <laughs> I laugh because it's just so ridiculous. I like how much God was trying to have my back, but it, it all turned out. It's all good for these lessons, right? For all of you guys. What I learned with my patterning is when I would force the guy to ask me out and then it would end in disaster. I had to learn. I had to learn to let go. I had to learn that I am good enough. Forcing and controlling just never works. They were all lessons to show me my worth. And the biggest one with that was when I would force and control and I would wait until the relationship exploded and the person would then end up 
leaving me or choosing someone else, I had to finally learn the lesson. Even though I had done so much work, so much therapy, so much healing, so much coaching, you name it, I invested in it because I asked big, remember? So I had big tests. One of my last tests was instead of waiting for that person to leave me or choose me or whatever, I'm, I'm waiting on, on their watch to make the move. Even though I'm saying I want somebody who's choosing me, they're not choosing me. I want someone who's dependable. They're not dependable. I want somebody who takes me out. They don't take me out. All my clear signs, <laughs> I had to learn to be the one to walk away. And you might think, look, well, if they're not choosing you and they're not dependent, why did you want to be with them? Well, because in the beginning and for a while they were. They were choosing me and they were taking me out. And they were pursuing me and they were consistent. They were all those things. Again, that's why I always say the beginning with the narcissist is not real. It never was real. That was what they needed to do to, to hook you. That's what they did to hook me. But then I waited for so long for them to go back to being that way. And it, it never went back to that way. No matter what I did. I kept bending over backwards and trying to be so cool and chill and understanding and accepting and patient, thinking that I, it was my fault of why they weren't all those things they were in the beginning until I had to learn. It never was my fault. They always were going to be the way that they were presenting themselves after they hooked me. The beginning was, was not real. And so what I had to learn was that I was going to walk away before disaster hit. I was going to choose myself before God, my higher power, put me in a situation that was going to be disaster. But I only was able to then do that and make an empowering decision for myself to walk away and close the door, even though it was, in quotes, good. I was very attracted to the person and had a lot of chemistry and they were very cool and chill and warm, all those things I liked. But they weren't stepping up in the way of how I wanted to be with a lifelong partner. And I gave them a surmountable amount of time to do that. So even though there was no drama, there was no chaos, there was no fight, there was no argument, I had to learn from my inventory to walk away and to do it in a calm way. It was a gift. It was a calm way. I didn't have to over explain. I didn't have to make them wrong. I took ownership of all of my stuff and my decision. And let me tell you, that was not easy. That was really hard. But you know what? There's a void that comes after that, and that void cannot be avoided. If you go back to my previous episode, the one before this, I talk a lot about that. The void is where you finally heal your insecurities and your fears you come back to your real desire of what it is you want and you zoom out and look at that relationship for what it was and you get honest with yourself. Was that actually what I even wanted? No, no. I wanted it to work so bad and I wanted that person to be the person I wanted them to be, but they were not it. And that's okay. That's okay. And one of the reasons I've learned if you're like, well, maybe it's because I'm I'm not as pretty or not as skinny as I used to be or, or whatever your illusion is. We all have illusions until we shatter them. One of the reasons I've learned is that 
if you've broken up with somebody because you felt they were not that attractive, you're going to hold this judgment within yourself. So you think, oh, I broke up with that person because they were too short and I wanted someone big. And so then it's the karma of, oh, well, they must have broken up with me because I was too thick or I was too curvy and they want someone skinny. And then you see they're dating someone skinny. <laughs> That's how our karma will work and our illusions until we shatter them. So what what really helps is that you go and forgive yourself for whoever you broke up with because you thought that they were too short and you wanted someone tall, for example. I guarantee it's just a spirit. It was just a spiritual issue. If they really were your person and they really were short, it would have worked out even if you thought you wanted somebody really tall and big. So what I would do is I would forgive myself for the times where you felt maybe you made a superficial decision and you realized it, it wasn't actually even about that. It was that something was off. Something didn't fully feel right. And give yourself compassion because you at least gave them a shot, even though it wasn't what you were fully attracted to, but you gave it a shot and it showed you, okay, this is, this is just my desire and what I want. But these are all spiritual issues. We just think that they're all physical issues. So I'm going to conclude on this note. If you're struggling to walk away or to close the door, go back, re-listen to this, know that it's going to require you being brave and courageous and doing something different. So for me, for me to break that pattern, I had to be the one to walk away and not force them to want to be where I wanted them to be and to ask me to be their official girlfriend. Even though we got along great, we were attracted to each other. There was no drama. There was no chaos. I had to know that they were not fully it. And I had I didn't have a backup option. A lot of guys, too, at that point were asking me out, and attractive ones, actually, and <laughs> successful and all those things. But I, for some I just wasn't attracted to them. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. I was turning guys down left and right. I didn't feel it. And I learned my lesson of not talking myself into feeling it with somebody and trying to make it work. And so I had to go through my void of no, no backup, no option, being willing to be by myself, even though I've, I've gone through a lot of seasons of being by myself. I spent a lot of time single. But what I can tell you is that it taught me a lot about stepping into my worth and stepping into my abundance so that I would never settle again. And I promise if you will show up to that assignment that you have, you will get to be with your soulmate and somebody incredible. They are coming. I would not avoid the void and I would really invite yourself to not keep repeating the pattern. We'll end on this note. The way you break a pattern is you don't entertain it anymore. You do something differently. You don't keep thinking, well, this time it will work. This time it will work. I didn't give it enough time. It was my fault. Guarantee that's keeping you stuck. Be honest with yourself. Step into abundance. Let go of the scarcity. How much are you willing to trust your desires and your higher power? That's what this is all a test and a question of. That's all. Sending you so much love. I'll keep recording these videos for you. I'd love to see you in the homeschool of narcissistic and unhealthy relationships or something you want to recover from. And I will post a link below. Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.